0: Welcome to Dial It In, a podcast where we talk with interesting people about the process improvements and tricks they use to grow their businesses. I'm Dave Meyer, president of BusyWeb, and every week, Trigvi Violson and I are bringing you interviews on how the best in their fields are dialing it in for their organizations.
1: So Dave, I know we wanted to do an episode about cybersecurity, and then we have the a yeah. guest who's going to help us today to talk about cybersecurity, but I kind of forgot something about him. Because I called him and I said, "Hey, can you do that? Would you like to do the podcast?" And he said, "Well, sure." I said, "Great. Well, how about this day?" And he's like, "Yeah, maybe back it out a week." And I said, "Oh, what's going on? I'm having my kidney removed."
0: (laughs) Oh, well, there you go.
1: Well, I mean, that's a perfectly good excuse not to not to be available (laughs) for a podcast. And as I thought about it, I I thought uh, the guy we're interviewing today. He's had a lot of interesting ups and downs in his life, but he continues to remain uh, perpetually positive. So I thought, what a great guy to talk to just about cybersecurity, but also just uh, life in general. So our guest today is Tim Herman. He's a cybersecurity evangelist and an account director at Online Business Systems. His job is to help companies and organizations with digital transformation and cybersecurity. Welcome, Tim.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: I forgot something. Tim is also the president of the Minnesota InfraGuard Member Alliance, which is an FBI private sector partnership to protect our nation's critical infrastructure. He also serves on the Minnesota Cybersecurity Summit Think Tank Advisory Board and spent three years on the Minnesota Information Systems Security Association Board. Wow, that is a lot to put on a business card, Tim.
2: <laughs> yeah. That most of that goes on the back of the card, right? Right.
1: right. Perfect. Right.
0: Perfect. Yes.
2: Tim,
1: as I think about your last two years, couple of years of your life, I'm reminded of that. Before memes were popular, you, that you, you used to see signs posted around town sometimes, where you'd see uh, "Lost dog, burnt tail, one eye, uh, three legs." Answers to lucky. And that's kind of how I think about you because you've had a lot go on in the last three years and you still are perpetually peppy and affable and warm. What all has gone on in the last three years for you?
2: Well, I'll even start five years ago. Uh, Five years ago, at the age of 47, uh, New Year's Day, uh, freaking cold outside. And uh, I was outside with my dogs and uh, I started experiencing chest pains. And then uh, later, and I didn't think of it because I just thought it was that cold that, wow, you know, I... Um, went back inside and was fine. Then went out later in the day and uh, found myself uh, face planted in a snowbank. And my wife uh, found me, called the ambulance. I had a heart attack and a stroke to areas of my brain that I don't use uh, on that day. On that day, I was 300 pounds and uh, very overweight, uh, which runs in my family. And that uh, caused me to uh, to decide to start uh, taking action and losing weight. And so... That uh, part of what you're referring to, Trigvi, is uh, this last uh, this last July. I ended up doing a bariatric surgery, uh, a gastric bypass, or what's called a Roux-en-Y procedure, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, they reroute your stomach plumbing, essentially. And so, I've lost uh, over 70 pounds since then. Um, this morning, I weighed in at 193 pounds. And so, I haven't seen this weight since high school. And uh, yeah, i feel feeling great today. But uh, but yeah, there's a lot been going on. And then, uh, then what happened just this last, uh, this last uh, couple weeks is, um, I found out about a month and a half, maybe two months ago that I had, um, kidney cancer, uh, stage one, uh, early caught. And, uh, so they, uh, went in two weeks ago and removed my right kidney that, which also had a stone that was almost si- the same size as the tumor, but, uh, clear margins, everything went well and fully recovered two weeks later. But, um, uh, you know, I joke with people, you know, kind of, you know, playing on your, I'm always peppy, um, Hey man, I want to lose weight so bad that I just, you know, get rid of my organs. You know, um, right. I don't need my gallbladder. Got rid of that. I don't need my kidney. Got rid of one of those. No, but in all seriousness, uh, yes, I've been challenged with some health things, but I do remain positive. That's uh, the number one thing that you have to do is stay positive and uh, and and live well, your best life.
1: Well, that's a lot in and of itself. One of those things is is uh, a, a lot. It, mm-hmm. you know as a moonshot you had two then the third is you met your father for the first time recently
2: <laughs> that is uh, that is correct um so yeah that's that was uh I, i'm actually living a hallmark movie story uh, as well um
1: or a country song
2: <laughs> or a country song play it backwards um my dad, uh, my biological dad. I knew about him from the time I was, uh, you know, probably in my early 20s. Um, I knew that, that you know, I grew up with a stepdad. You know, he and my mom got married when I was five, so I knew that I was, you know, adopted by him. And but I just never, you know, I was always too afraid to ask the question to my mom because oh, it's going to be too painful. Or you know, we, as kids, we just make excuses for, you know, or or our imagination kind of runs wild. So, so I never really asked about it until I was in my twenties. And then, um, you know, I got to the point where I decided, you know, I really want to meet my, my family and with a, the best way to do that is, hey, let's sign up for 23andMe and let's see if uh, if uh, I'm connected with anybody, you know, from his side of, you know, from his family, and and they then we can connect kind of sideways, and and uh, that is in fact what happened. About a year after I signed up for 23andMe, we ended up getting a message in my email saying that you've got a half brother. And so I, my brother signed up for 23andMe as well, um, and, uh, started talking with him, you know, a month or so later, I went down to visit him and I, in, uh, in Iowa where he lives, he's a paramedic down in uh, Iowa city area. And, uh, then he introduced me to dad. We, you know, went out for lunch for the first time. And, you know, when I say that, uh, That I'm living a Hallmark movie story, every kid's dream. My dad is a drag racer. He is actually a race car driver at 73. He's still driving a 1965 Plymouth, uh, you know, f- a fuel altered, uh, altered wheelbase, uh, dragster, mm. uh, uh, race car that, uh, I actually got to go this summer and, uh, spent a couple of races, uh, being part of his crew. So, how cool um, is that? wow, that, uh, I can't tell you, um, how exciting that was. Um, probably the, one of the highlights of my time. Time with him so far is um, he took me down at the starting line, starting gate uh, with these uh, short body dragsters. Um, one on each side put me in the center where the light pole is. And literally I got, you know to feel the rumble, of you know the burnouts and then when they hit the hit the starting light you get that uh you know there's nothing like getting sprayed from both sides of you um you know with uh with nitro um it's Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous um but uh it's exhilarating beyond beyond what i can can even explain but uh that was probably the highlight is he just you know he's just staring at me with big ear-to-ear grannies like isn't that cool like yes it was very cool
0: I'll say, wow! So That's amazing, Tim.
1: How do you get out of bed every morning with all <laughs> of this going on in your in, just in your own head?
2: Hey, every day is a new adventure, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I I really have no classy or inspirational way to get to transfer uh, or do a subject change into cybersecurity. So let's just make it bad and say, let's talk cybersecurity now. So, Tim, uh, you know we brought you on. I think in the last. Ten years of your life, you've really changed into uh, a cybersecurity expert. So, what are some of the biggest cybersecurity threats that face businesses and individuals today?
2: Wow, that's a that's a big question. Um, and you know, probably the biggest uh, the thing that's scaring most businesses and people right now is is um, is ransomware. That's, that's a thing that's, uh, you know, shutting down businesses and is really uh, affecting everybody. Um, what is ransomware? So ransomware is where a, you know, where a bad actor, uh, will, uh, lock in, you know, they'll get into your system, they'll lock everything down and uh, you have to pay a ransom. Usually it's, you know, a couple of Bitcoin, which is, you know, fairly expensive. Um, and, um, and if you don't pay, um, they will end up, uh, you know, locking you out of your systems and encrypting everything. And uh, then, you know, they'll sell, you know, sell sensitive information on the dark web and um, it ends up uh, getting pretty bad. Uh, cyber insurance companies are um, are starting to not pay uh, uh ransoms um the fbi doesn't want you to pay ransoms because that is um that uh, you know helps just foster you know hey we're going to get paid um and you know we're just going to keep doing it because we get paid um but the uh the other thing about ransomware is um uh, you know, there's been a lot of training uh, available now for ransomware prevention as well, and and one of the biggest ways that people get ransomed is they they uh they get emails from people uh phishing attacks um somebody lets them into the kingdom uh you know because they didn't know any better or they they weren't paying attention they click on a bad link well hold uh, on me, like you
1: introduced a new term there explain That's what phishing is because it's, it's not it's not
2: you know yeah. it's not that kind of phishing uh phishing is with a ph uh phishing is when somebody sends you an email or uh or a text uh and they are you know you essentially socially engineering you and maybe even ahead of time they've you know reviewed your facebook and your linkedin and they learn about you what things kind of make you click um, and say you're a ceo of a company and uh, and they know from your website uh, that you also have you know so and so as your uh, as your uh, executive uh, mm-hmm. uh, assistant. Um, they can actually you know send you know, send you uh, an email saying that they are the executive assistant and hey you know I need to pay this bill um, or you know hey we've decided to switch uh, to a different payroll company and you know here's the link that you need to you know, need to set everything up with and people end up losing their whole company's payroll because they got fished. And I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of crazy stories that we've heard over the years, but, uh, th- that's probably the biggest uh, thing right now is, um, mm-hmm. the human, the human component is the biggest, uh, the biggest impact. So, um, the more that we can educate users of computers, uh, to not click on those things, um, uh, that that's that's going to be the, the the best protection.
0: Uh, Tim, is that called phishing when people are posing as other people, or what are the what are the common terms that other that our listeners might have heard?
2: Uh, phishing is the is what is is the tactic that they use, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Yes. I mean, that's the, the phishing is the tactic where you actually, you know, try to infiltrate a company by, you know, sending an email or a text or, okay. or you, you know, you're socially engineering somebody's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, information. So, you know, you re, let's reverse engineer that a little bit. And how can I protect myself as an individual? How can I protect mm-hmm. myself as a company, um, you know, I shouldn't have everything public on Facebook. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of go back to, you know, hey, I'm posting on Facebook that I'm going to Mexico for the next week and, you know, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Well, gosh, you're you're now a target for thieves <laughs> right. who might know where you live um, and they can come and raid your house because they know you're in Mexico. I mean, phishing mm-hmm. is the same kind of concept where people put information out there thinking that everybody is good and uh, that can be used against you. Um, what's, go ahead.
1: what's spear phishing?
2: Spear fishing, uh, as I understand it is, is more of a, uh, more of a targeted, um, let's take this, uh, you know, Dave, I can see your background. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've got, you know, different things in your background that, uh, that can, you know, if I can zoom in enough, I can actually see, you know, things that might be of interest. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, um, if I see that you've got like a big fish hanging on the wall, oh, you're mm-hmm. a fisherman. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I can use targeted things, you know, to, uh, you know, to actually, you know, you know, kind of get an easier conversation going with you because mm-hmm. we have common interests, you know, things like that. And so, so spear phishing would be a little bit more targeted, uh, you know, type of fishing where you're not just sending it out to everybody in the company. It's sure. I'm targeting a specific person.
0: And this stuff really happens because oh, yeah. I've received emails or people on my team have received emails claiming to be me or texts claiming to be mm-hmm. me saying, hey, just, uh, just quick approve this thing. Yeah. Or, you know, there's, there's another one that's pretty common that I was just looking at, you know, Facebook marketplace is a big thing and there's all kinds of scams out there. And the thing that I couldn't figure out, I was selling like an old chair or something and somebody wanted me to click on a link to verify a Google voice number. Like, why do you do that? I just need to confirm that you're a real human (laughs) being. It's like, no, you don't. don't (laughs) That was it. So what what's the goal in that? What are they trying to do?
2: Um who knows? Uh, all kinds of bad things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you click on a bad link, um they could release uh you know some kind of malware to your system that locks mm-hmm. everything up. Um mm-hmm. I know that uh you know I had a client a couple of years ago where they were a, a Native American tribe um and the tribal uh offices um you know, uh, among all the all the people that are on their email system, seventeen people uh, ended up clicking on a bad link, and that you know, like seventeen times, uh, that link you know was infiltrating and, and you know and, and uh, uh, locking everything down. Where you know they actually were, the whole tribe was shut down for. Uh, for the better part of uh, you know two weeks, right around the it's Christmas crazy. holidays. Yeah, yeah. So now, they couldn't do payroll. They couldn't do you know. I mean, everything was locked up.
1: Yeah. Now, now, Tim, uh, it, when you watch TV and somebody's the victim of a, a cyber security attack, immediately a skull and crossbones flashes on screen and an evil laugh happens. Does that happen in real life? It when can. It
2: all, de- it all depends on the bad actor. They'll. They'll. Uh, yeah they they use things like that um, okay. you know I haven't seen them personally because you know i haven't been uh, i haven't- fa- fallen for that yet but but uh but yeah you know it 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 can be whatever you know whatever they use you know what what's interesting now is you know you mentioned my you know being president of infragard minnesota uh chapter you know working with the FBI. <clears throat> in you know the cybersecurity space, the FBI actually hunts down and and gets the keys to unlock uh, some of these uh, you know bad actor uh, uh, groups uh, as well. And so so just because you've been hacked and everything's been locked up, you know when you reach out to your you know insurance uh, company and then you reach out to you know an incident response company that can come in and help kind of get things back up and also gather forensic data. So that you can, you know, determine who did, who is the baddie, and and how did they get in, and that kind of stuff. Um, that's all necessary to do. But uh, the FBI, you know, might be able to say, hey, you know what? We've had experience in other parts of the country with this same group, and we've actually arrested them, and we've actually had the keys to unlock your kingdom. So you don't need to pay a ransom. You know that kind of stuff. So that's that's. Um, that's a real, you know, real world happening. Um, InfraGard actually, you know, plays a strong role in that. You know, we have 80,000 members across the country among, I think, like 70-some chapters. Um, and um it, you know infraguard is is about uh, you know protecting our nation's critical infrastructure and how we do that is sharing uh, uh, sharing uh, not the secret sauce of all of our companies but sharing uh, threat intelligence um, you know um, you know between each other and so when something happens at a you know ABC company here in Minnesota you know they can actually report to other you know other of their infraguard members in their same you know their, their same uh, infrastructure. Say it's a transportation sector or an energy sector. Um, you know, sometimes we'll get briefings that you know hey there you right now there you know these bad this bad actor group is targeting the transportation sector well now we can talk amongst ourselves in that transportation sector and share that information not just locally but nationally and that way the FBI can u- leverage those relationships with these business leaders all over the country and then that is what leads to a lot of these arrests as well
1: my um my fridge has uh is connected to bluetooth and yep. it's one of those things called the internet of things now so yes where companies uh will if the uh, if a particular thing needs a software patch they'll just have it automatically connected to the inter- internet so mm-hmm. is my fridge going to rise up and eat me if it's get cyber attacked
2: Yeah, that is a fantastic question. And um, it is a vulnerability. And so, um, you know, what can I as an individual uh, do? The first thing that uh, that I always ask is, have you changed the default password on your firewall, uh, or on your on your router? You know, I have you know, a separate uh, a separate modem from my from my uh, internet uh, router uh, because I didn't want them. You know, be just like a Comcast or a you know or a Century Link uh, you know dual you know system. Um, I wanted to be able to control one and the other, mm-hmm. and so changing your default password. So many people don't do that. And that means that anybody that, you know, come, you know, comes to your, your neighborhood, they can be parked out front and, uh, they can, you know, log into the, you know, numbers dot numbers dot numbers. And, uh, they're now into your, into your network and, Mm -hmm. and everything is vulnerable. And so that's a big thing to do. Um, the other thing is, 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 you know, buy a firewall as well and, and set those firewall things. Um, You know, I also think that, uh, that having your wireless password, not be password, um, having your, having your password be something unique and different than everything else that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that is a, a big key. Um, I use a password manager called Keeper, um, LastPass, 1Password. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, password managers. Apple has their own password manager. Samsung has their own password manager. But, uh, doesn't matter which one you use use one uh, and uh, make sure that every single thing that you log into has a different unique password mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you my secret sauce that I share with people is use a password that is four or five separate words that do not make a sentence that do not you know it's not the song title or it's not anything that makes sense and put underscores and spaces in between those and uh, it is going to be in incredibly, nearly impossible to hack that password. You know, with brute force, because it's it's not a unique. It's not a name of a song. It's not you know your birth date. It's you know it, it's something that can't be socially engineered.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I I've also long, heard, long
2: answer to your question. Oh, you know, no, that, it's was, not gonna that was eat
1: brilliant. You. I, I'm <laughs> afraid of my fridge now. Well, and
2: hey, I've got a washer and dryer that does the same thing, and because <laughs> because I've because I've actually uh, done these things, mm-hmm. I feel you know I feel better about it. Um, for the longest time, I told my wife we are not going to have a smart house because I mm-hmm. just am not confident that uh, that it's not going to be a threat vector. I mean, you know, how many people use a Hey Google, you know, uh, speaker or an Amazon speaker mm-hmm. that is also an IoT device? And so, yeah,
0: well, and all of those you know, are inherently not. As secure. Correct. So it, this this is something that I do, and I probably shouldn't even say that on a public thing. So hackers, please tune out right now and then
1: come back in. <laughs> <and then laughs> if you're a, a hacker, put your fingers in your ears for right, ten right. seconds, ready, um,
0: go. On all of my IoT things, and I have a few smart home things, I just keep them on the guest network. So it's at least yeah. separate. Yeah. And I have pretty good passwords for, for both of my Wi Fi passwords. Is yeah. that is that okay, or should I do yeah. more than that?
2: Yeah. Having let's a guest let's network. Let's welcome our hackers
1: back, as they've taken their fingers out of their ears now. Tim, yeah. go ahead. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. I will tell you that um, that uh, having it on a separate guest network uh, that that is firewalled between mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times you know home you know home routers modems uh, are going to have you know three separate networks so mm-hmm. so you can actually have you know those those you know IoT devices mm-hmm. excuse me those IoT devices on a separate network got it but that that's really wow. good that's that's good good practice okay tim one of the things that
1: uh in our last episode we or previous episode we actually interviewed chat gpt yeah uh, as a guest so how that's obviously an emerging technology is that something yeah. that affects cybersecurity and that that machine learning aspect of it
2: absolutely yeah. And, and I'll tell you that, uh, that, uh, chief information security officers, uh, CISOs, uh, in our industry, uh, that, that I know, um, are, uh, trying to figure that out is what, you know, what vulnerabilities are, uh, are out there. And I, I don't think we've seen the, you know, we haven't seen a lot of bad actor stuff yet, but, uh, it's coming. Um, I would say it's not a matter of if it's when, um, it, because now you've got, you know, think about it. If you've got uh, a tool like Chat, uh, you know, like this that can actually, uh, you know, write a paper for you, uh, it can, you know, it it can do a lot of stuff for you. Just given, you know, given the data and information, how well do you think that's going to be used to socially engineer somebody? Uh, or to or to get into a network because uh, it'll be able to figure it out. I mean it's it's a little bit scary, but uh, you know the, there are you know things that uh, that I think that can be used for for good as well. so it's um, it's out there, and um, I think the marketplace is trying to still figure out uh, okay, what are we gonna do to to protect ourselves? What are the most
1: common mistakes people make that leave them vulnerable to cyber attacks? We talked about a couple of them in terms of passwords, but what else? And phishing.
2: I would say that uh that you know if you're working for a you know you know mid-sized to larger company, you probably are getting a training, you know, from you know a company like Know Before or Shield Academy or some other kind of uh some other kind of you know cybersecurity awareness training. Um and um, I think the the downside of that is a lot of people don't take that seriously, um, and they and they you know they're they're multitasking while they're you know doing it. They you know they are listening intently enough where they can answer the three or four questions and pass the pass the quiz, and and you know they do that you know forty five minute training once a year. Um, The reality is, is that's not enough. Um, You know, that needs to be a monthly thing, if not more. um, And you've got to pay attention to it and take it seriously. And so, so really you as an individual, um, whatever company you're working for, you are the biggest vulnerability breach, you know, breach access point. If you are not, uh, if you're not uh, astute to what's going on out there. And so um, if you... Uh, You know, nobody wants to be that entry point where the bad actor gets in and shuts down the company. And right now, a scary statistic is 60% of all businesses that that go through a major breach go out of business in the first couple of years uh, uh, post-event. That's a staggering number, but it's true. Um, It's... um, think about uh, your business Dave um, if your company you know was shut down for two weeks because of a breach you know you didn't have the ability to invoice uh, your your customers you didn't have the ability to pay your employees you didn't right. have the ability to do all those things for two weeks mm-hmm. what kind of things would would shut down um, you know could you recover from that and so so you know one of the things is having a cyber insurance policy that covers that gap Of just like if you get a if your business gets flooded, Mm -hmm. um, you have insurance that can actually you know cover that you know gap of of you know being shut down and and that sort of thing. Well, we need to have make sure that our cyber policies are are doing the same kind of thing because Mm -hmm. um, because it's real Um, and you know we're seeing an uptick. You know, year over year of probably an additional, I don't know, thirty or forty percent every year. Um, and so, you know, talking to the FBI agents that I know, um, every single one of them will say it's not a matter of if, it's when you get breached. You've gotta, you've gotta have a plan. Um, I'll tell you, in addition to what you had asked, uh, 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 Trigvi, is. Uh, I spent two years working for a cyber research institute uh, prior to where I'm at now with online. But uh, um, what I sold was uh, was what are called tabletop exercises, where you actually do exercise. You prepare for the worst by doing exercises, kind of like how military does drills uh, in in the exercise scenarios. Um, You know, in a tabletop exercise, uh, we can walk you through. Uh, you know, a real world as or as close to real world scenario that that takes into account all of the different factors about your company and the people that are within your company, and the different roles that people you know people are in, and you can actually walk through a decision-based exercise wow. that si- that simulates uh, what could happen if things go sideways, and so you can look at your processes, your policies, your procedures, the decision-making tree, and challenge your assumptions identify where the gaps are uh and so that that preparedness is how companies are are uh, making sure that they that they are ready for when things go sideways and so um, that's one of the things that i'm bringing to the table uh with the company i'm with now online business systems is uh is that experience in working with companies and doing those exercises And so i find that fun because you get to uh <laughs> You get to learn about, you know, businesses and, and you're helping yeah, them. War exactly. War games. Shall we play a game?
1: Huh. Wow. Tim, you mentioned the FBI. What, uh, for people who don't know, what what role does the government have either, uh, on the national level and then also on the state and local level in combating this kind of risk and these kind of crimes?
2: uh the government is actually uh throwing lots of money at uh research and and development um the i meant mentioned the cyber research institute i went for uh, i worked for you know homeland security has spent uh some 35 million dollars uh over the last uh, 15 years uh you know helping fund uh that uh, deci- that um, exercise platform that they uh, that they use. Um, they developed it and then were able to do five years of exercises in the banking and finance sector. They've done three years in the energy and transportation sector uh, and doing, you know, as close to, to no cost exercises in those, um, in, in those sectors. Um, but the government right now, uh, through executive order, out of the White House uh, last year, uh, now the TSA is regulating the airport uh, uh, airport industry, the uh, the rail uh, industry, the you know ground transportation, air transportation, uh, pipelines now have to adhere to new cybersecurity policies and, and and procedures and have to demonstrate that they've got an incident response plan. They've identified where gaps are. You know they're doing self assessments and then they're working with companies like. Online business systems to help come alongside and and um, and do additional risk assessments to help uh, help them become compliant with those new guidelines. But and so the government is taking a very proactive uh, approach um, right now. Uh, the DoD, uh, if you're a DoD contractor, uh, even a subcontractor, you make a bolt that sits on a you know that that sits on a turret that goes on a tank. That bolt manufacturer. Uh, has to have the same cybersecurity uh, 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 posture that the, that the tank uh, company does. Uh, because uh, mm-hmm. if you're a DOD contractor, you are su- you, you've got blueprints to the kingdom. Uh, and so you have to have those same cybersecurity maturity uh, you know, processes, procedures, response plans, that sort of thing. So, so the government is actually playing a big role in a lot of good ways.
1: So tell us a little bit more about what your day-to-day life is for you at Online Business Systems.
2: So I've been with online for uh, for just since the end of November. So only a couple of months, but uh, a day in the life for me is is really just you know uh, working with the people that I know. You know I you know through Infogard and through some other you know business groups that I'm a part of the Cybersecurity Summit as well. Uh, um, I I get to get to meet a lot of you know business leaders in in cybersecurity, and so you know just trying to have conversations. Um, I'm not a twist your arm sales guy. Um, I really work off of relationships and and try to uh, identify uh, you know maybe key problems that that p- business leaders are having and uh, and see if we can help them find a solution. And so with online. Um, you know we do a lot of uh, assessments we do what's called penetration testing and we can dive a little deeper into that if you want but
1: yeah because um, it, pen- it might sound dirty if you don't know what it means yeah.
2: <laughs> penetration testing essentially is when um, when a company say dave if we were going to pen test your company you would you know uh, basically give us the keys to the kingdom and say you know I'm, I'm you know let's see how my team does to protect us and let's see how long it takes you to beat your way in into the end of the door, um, and some penetration tests will actually uh, will actually uh, be a physical where they'll uh, come on site and try to talk their way into the you know into the card access door. Uh, they'll try to get to your computer and or some, you know, some computer that's not logged off and stick a thumb drive in it. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that, uh, again, based on whatever your business is, um, a penetration test can, uh, you know, can work on that. Another, you know, for your business, BusyWeb, um, a penetration test might be a web application, uh, you know, penetration test where, where we're going to actually, you know, you go after uh, your code and, and everything that you do for, you know, for building websites for companies and see what we can do to take it down. And and what that does for you as a business owner is that actually helps you uh see, okay, I've got a gap here. I need to fix that gap. Um and you know, here's what I can do as a business owner to protect my customers' websites so that uh, you know, based on on, on what we're doing. Um so so penetration testing can really uh can is a really valuable asset, valuable tool for companies to, you know, to see how secure am I? Um because if you don't do a pen test, you're never really gonna know.
1: Right. So I know you've been in the industry for a long time. What are some of the most? Uh, tell us some good stories, some fish stories
2: uh, <laughs> mm, about yeah. fishing and that you. I once about. caught a fish this big. Yeah. <laughs> um, how how
1: how companies got affected, and just really some good bonehead stories that people have fallen into.
2: Well, if I tell you, I have to kill you. Um, no. Um, you know, yeah. I was telling you about the the tribal nation for one, but uh, you know it's. There's so many, so many horror stories. Um, you know, even just you know ones that I'm not even you know personally connected to. But you know, you look at at, at uh, companies that are going down. Like uh, I have you know used T-Mobile as my as my mobile service, and they've been breached a couple of times. Um, and then you also are seeing oh, there's an outage with T-Mobile, or there's an outage with uh, you know with Verizon. There's an outage. You know, anytime there's an outage. People in our industry are like, ah, yeah, they got hacked again. Um, you know that, like, that's that's kind of code for yeah, okay. uh, for mm-hmm. you, you might have gotten hacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one one that everybody knows here in Sorry, Minnesota what, 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 is before
1: we, before we go off that is that okay. did Southwest get hacked? Is that when they I'm, were?
2: I have no idea, but it's possible. Is, that, is there a rumor
1: um, on the dark web? Because you you visit different places on the web <laughs> than I do. Is that? <laughs>
2: I've actually never been on the dark web, but uh, yeah. I try to try to stay clear. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually not sure. But but it's it's certainly feasibly possible. Wink. Um, yep.
1: He's not sure. Wink. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the uh, become an InfraGuard member, and you can actually get intelligence briefings on that. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. The, uh, uh, everybody knows that Target got uh, got breached back in
1: 2013.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Cost them millions if not billions of dollars um that you know they actually got in through an IoT device they actually got through a th- a smart thermostat uh, uh that uh, uh is how they got into target Holy cow. Uh, and got over Nobody to i think that. the credit card processing and mm-hmm. and you know were able to jump ship to a bunch of different departments and uh caused a, a lot of havoc um I'll tell you, Target has uh, has improved their posture a thousandfold. Um, they actually have gone away from uh, you know using a lot of third-party uh, companies and people, where they started developing their own internal security processes and procedures and and everything. Yeah. And so, so they are a completely different animal today than they were back in 2013. And so yeah. that's that's an example of of learning from your mistakes. And again, back in 2013. 13, that stuff just wasn't happening on a regular basis, but now yeah. you're hearing about that just about every week. Is is some other company is getting breached, at, you know, in a similar fashion, and so um, we almost are getting to the point where we're almost tuning out uh, that oh, you know, Best Buy or you know this company or that company or and you know all these Fortune five hundred companies are getting attacked all day every day, um, you know and. You know, traditionally, what companies have is what's called layered defense, where they've got firewalls on top of firewalls on top of firewalls, and, and a bunch of other tool sets that are, you know, eyes on glass. You've got somebody monitoring, looking for for you know abnormalities. Um, you're looking for, you know, things that are, are outside the norms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- those are things that are that are you know that the that the security you know people are are doing. But um, I'll tell you, uh The human factor is still, um, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, I'll tell you right now, there is, I think the latest numbers now are there's a 700,000 open jobs in cybersecurity in the United States today. 700,000. Wow. Wow. how do you, as a as a Fortune 500 company, deal with that? Um, where and the competition is so fierce, the salaries are staggering. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if if I had to tell my kid, uh, if I had a kid in in high school right now, and I had to recommend what field they should go into, absolutely, one thousand percent cybersecurity, because it mm-hmm. is a job that is never going to go away, um, and you're going to make a ton of money. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you that the stress level is, uh, is, is is you know, king as well, because there's a lot of burnout, um, because the stress level of being in charge of all of that security, if something, you know, when something goes sideways, you know, who's responsible? Um, you know, the human factor right now uh, some of the problems are is that that companies just don't even have the staff that it takes to just even maintain all of the updates. You know, you think mm-hmm. about your your single Windows computer and you've got to do updates periodically. Mm-hmm. Think about now you've got you know you've got twenty thousand endpoints. So you know you know maybe ten thousand computers and other you know other devices that all need updates on a regular basis. How do you do that? And so that's the challenge that companies are having right now is they've got, you know, devices that are you know that are out of uh, out of uh, sync with uh, you know with updates, and now that's a vulnerability, and so um, that just creates a whole other problem. So now you've got cybersecurity companies and tool sets and and you know that are trying to you know address those problems. We're gonna. automate some of these updates we're going to do you know so so there's you know this is also fostering a lot of innovation uh in our industry to try to you know to to try to you know meet that gap of of people shortage and what can we do to automate things so that uh, it's not as people intensive as it Mm -hmm. as it used to be. You know, it used to be manufacturing where everybody was afraid of Oh, all these manufacturing jobs are going to robotics. Well, the reality is, is there's jobs out there that, uh, that, that you know, that aren't being done by the robots um, that uh, you still can't find enough people for.
1: It's interesting. You talked about that. And I think one of the things that we when we deal with cyber attacks and one of the reasons why we've changed our business model Two is uh, what's called the denial of service attack, where you know when you we build we would build websites for people and then they would get hacked and then the website would go down. So okay, so then our evolution of our business was okay. So now we're gonna maintain your website for you. We would do all the updates. We would like you talked about make sure that everything was was tip top. We'd run regular backups. So somebody, you know, took over the site and they said, you know, you're, you're going to need three Bitcoins for that. And to get back We'd say, nope, never mind. We put up yesterday's site. And, and, and But what we just had the worst time trying to combat was the denial of service attack where yeah. if somebody wanted to take your site down, what they would do is because, you know, I, I made the joke earlier about all the, the, the skull and crossbones. A lot of cybersecurity attacks come from horsepower and having little pits of information on your computer that that are used in inappropriate ways. So a a denial of service attack is when, if you have a website that says click here to enter or a button on it... uh, Somebody is clicking it fifty thousand times in a second because they're harnessing so much of of that uh, uh, of that insidious code on people's devices, and then the server would go down. So they can't break into the code, but they can burn down the building.
2: Right, right. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's yeah, that that's happening. Um, That's where. Yeah, that's why That's why companies are doing these, you know, penetration testings and, you know, and and things similar to that. Risk assessments. You know, you know What's your maturity, you assessment for security as well? You know, those are, you web application testing. You know, OT. know, if you've got, if you're an industrial setting and you've got, you know, a bunch of, you know, automated manufacturing equipment on your floor, you know. What, you know, how do we keep that from being an entry point? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's, you know, doing those uh, those tests and, and assessments and everything is really the the only way that you're going to know you know how things are. Um, if you uh, you know, once you get you get attacked, um, you know, you know, what can you do to recover that? So.
1: Tim, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. If, yeah. <laughs> if people are interested in learning more about this or even exploring the risk assessment tests that you do, how can they find you?
2: Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, Tim Herman. Um on LinkedIn. Uh, they can find me at uh, uh, my company is obsglobal.com. Uh, and they can, you know, I'm Herman at obsglobal.com. And so uh, that would be uh, probably the best ways to get a hold of me.
0: Tim, it looks like your LinkedIn is uh, CyberTim, which should be easy. Yes,
2: correct. Correct. Cyber. All right. Well,
1: Tim, thank you. Uh, I'm going to end this uh, now and go unplug the fridge.
2: All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Yep. Thank you.